Welcome to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. Each week, Dr. Rob sits down with athletes, executives, and expert coaches to talk about mental toughness and their hinge moment. Here's your host, Dr. Rob. So after 20 plus odd years in tech sales, um, you know, look, it's not a hard job, but it isn't a easy job, if that makes sense. And it was a lot of stress. And I, I can tell I was kind of losing a lot of passion for it. And ultimately, I was uh, in a industry that I supported that was, it's telco. I supported a client that was in telco. And it was just extraordinarily stressful to tell my company, hey, ain't nothing going on because things aren't happening that I cannot control. So I'm not going to be able to pull in the type of business that, you know, I was expected to. So I wasn't going to meet my quota. And every week I broke out into hives, Dr. Rob, because I had to tell them on every forecast call, nothing's changed week in, week out, because it was something I simply couldn't control. Folks. When I finished my 100 miler, I was happy to be done, but I wasn't finished. The reason why my legs weren't completely bonked from running was that I used PR lotion by Momentus. It simply eliminated any lactic acid buildup in my legs, and it's the best product I've ever used. Momentus is a leading nutrition and supplement company which works with over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. No other company has the accolades of being awarded six innovation contracts from the Department of Defense for Human Performance. Since I started using PR Lotion, I now use their plant-based protein, collagen peptides, and recovery formula. Look, if performing is important to you, do yourself a favor. Go to livemomentous.com. And for listening today, you get the best part, a discount. Enter code DRB20 for 20% off your order. That's DRB and the number 20. LiveMomentous.com. Optimize, perform, and recover. LiveMomentous.com. Our guest today left corporate America to digital content creation, podcasting, entrepreneurship. She's the founder of Brilliant Beam Media which provides digital content, consulting, strategy, video, audio production, distribution. She's a proud Gen Xer, host of Gnaw on This Business Bite podcast. I think one of her taglines is everyone has a story to tell, strategically, simply, brilliantly. Our guest today, I'm a big fan of hers, Sia Yasatorn Rat. Sia, great to have you on. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. You wrote that bio better than I've ever written. Can you send that over to me? I'd appreciate it. Sure. Well, it'll be up on the show notes when this gets published. So I'll copy and paste it. Thank good. <laughs> so I, wa I wanted to start with this, right? You have a quote, you quote Shakespeare, light, seeking light, doth light of light beguile. And that is prominent on your website there. Share with us about, about why that quote and, and light in general. Yeah. So I named our, the business, it was founded this year in 2023, which I'm sure we'll go to the, to my narrative, my origin story. But um, 
uh, it all started with a, a girlfriend asking me, you know, what's your word of the year? And I was like, I don't know. And then it just popped up and it's the word light. And um, I was in transition. I was closing up my previous business with my business partner, Reparted Ways. And I was starting my own business this year. And as you know, Dr. Bell, uh, Dr. Rob, you know, when you're making a decision in life, it's there's a certain amount of darkness because you just it's that uncertainty, right? And it made me realize, hey, I have my own inner light, but I also have the light of my friends and my community of network and business professionals to kind of help me along and guide me along. And so that is right there. Uh, that quote just it really resonated with me because that is the whole idea around digital content creation, right? It's not just your light. It's the light of all the others that will illuminate and help others along their journeys in life. So, yeah, it's a, I, I just love that quote. And I love Shakespeare. So I had to figure out a way to slide it in to my website. See, because it's interesting because my word of the year was Dolph. I, you silly Billy. Yeah. It was going to be twas, but it's, <laughs> it's Dolph. <laughs> Am I pronouncing oh. that right? Dolph. He, well, Dolph you know, every time I, I hear Dolph and it's like, uh, I always hear that he doth protest too much, right? That's mm. one of my favorite uh, sayings as well. I'm a big idiot person. I didn't realize that that's what I would become after I left my many, many decades in uh, in corporate America. But he doth protest too much. I love that. Doth. I love that line. Doth protest. Yes. Doth, you know, when, when we always talk about hinge moments, right? Like, yeah. Your, your hinge moment was always fascinating to me because it, it involved leaving corporate America and you shared that story, but there was a lot of events and a lot of outside influences that went along with that. I mean, let's, let's start the podcast with that. Cause I think it's a powerful story. Sure. Talk about that. Um, you know, everything that went into leaving corporate America and how that transpired. Yeah. So after 20 plus odd years in tech sales, um, you know, Look, it's not a hard job, but it isn't a easy job, if that makes sense. And it was a lot of stress. And I, I can tell I was kind of losing a lot of passion for it. And ultimately, I was uh, in a industry that I supported that was, it's telco. I supported a client that was in telco. And it was just extraordinarily stressful to tell my company, hey, ain't nothing going on because things aren't happening that I cannot control. So I'm not going to be able to pull in the type of business that, you know, I was expected to. So I wasn't going to meet my quota. And every week I broke out into hives, Dr. Rob, because I had to tell them on every forecast call, nothing's changed week in, week out, because it was something I simply couldn't control. And for anyone that was curious, it was during the discussions of ratifying 5G technology. I mean, no one was buying anything. None of the carriers, service providers, uh, until everyone knew what the standards were going to be. So I I knew that I had to make a change. And um, it I wasn't doing it by myself. It wasn't until the, they said, look, we know your industry's sucking. We're going to cut your position. Do you want another position somewhere else in the company? And oh, I had so to do they, some they soul forced, searching. They forced your hand on that one. They forced my hand on it, and uh, okay. I, I did some soul searching, my friend, and I just couldn't do it. I was done. I was done for tech sales. I lost the passion, and I'm the kind. If you're going to commit to something, then you better frack and commit to it. Don't do things half or 
the way my sister with her horrible accent, don't do things half as, <laughs> which I never understood don't. what that meant. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, uh, and I left, I took a package. And uh, when I left, I didn't know who I was. I literally had friends say, oh my God, congratulations for leaving. What are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. So I left without a job, without any ideas where I was going to do. Um, when they asked me, what oh, year was in- this? 2017. That's when and, 5G started coming out? Uh, it was before it got ratified. So it was still in progress okay. on that point. And um, yeah, I when one of my buddies is like, oh my gosh, you're gonna be drinking on the beach all the day long and, you know, sippa sippa and, you know, what's your hobby? I don't, I think I almost cried because I didn't have a hobby. I lost my soul in it all. And uh, fast forward, I traveled around the world because, you know, as, as one does, when you have no time to travel because you're working all the time and then you've got sudden freedom, you do this massive pendulum swing. And all I oh, was yeah. doing was traveling. So I traveled to like five different locations around the world for the, the following year. Um, and then the last half what of 20. What was your favorite place? Oh gosh. I saw so many wonderful things, but um, oh my gosh. Greece maybe was, I mean, Greece, Alaska. Like I went Santor- back to, like Santorini, Greece. Uh, yeah, we went to, yeah, we were Santorini, Mykonos, uh, Corfu, hung out so in this Athens. this wasn't just you. This was you and a partner? Uh, me, my partner and friends. Like we, those are all various trips that we took. The in-laws, um, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I had it in my mind, right? Like traveling the world, like you're on your yacht. <laughs> with a backpack and you just take it to different spots and back i wish i wish oh man no. talk about yachts we saw yachts in uh greece like no other it was yeah. crazy yeah sorry but, for uh, the tangent oh no no i mean i know i kind of like rambling but it's just kind of making me remember um i found my soul again and during that time, I got into genealogy because I'm a history person. I have a degree in history, and I never really put it to use. And so I started getting into genealogy of my boyfriend and his family. And I thought it was absolutely fascinating that I got to see, um, you know, his where his family origin story is coming from or where he came from. Um, but what what it what got to me was the fact that after the great grandparent level, the grandparent, great grandparent level, people just start becoming birth dates and death dates, you know? And then you, you, when you track them like, Oh, birth dates, death dates, and they got married here and they maybe paid taxes on property there. Um, but there was no soul. There was no who they were. There was no laughter. You might be able to see them getting into fights or, you know, in some cases, some people were in court and all that good stuff for intoxication. <laughs> but, um, it kind of planted a seed in my mind that our time here is so short and I don't have kids, so I'm not going to quote, leave a family legacy. Um, so it made me think about like, what is it that will people remember me by? And yeah, my, that might be slightly narcissistic, but it was kind of in the grand thing of, you know, genealogy. I'm just literally gonna be the end of a tree, right? I'm, boop, that's it done. Nothing underneath me. And so it, it got me into looking at, content creation as a way, as a form of helping people create their own legacy in their own voices, in their own imagery, in their own personalities. And uh, I've been doing it ever since 2018 and uh, I've been loving it. No hives. That was going to be my next question. Has the hives, like, is that diagnosis gone now? I mean, I'm gone. Just, but 
So, I mean, but you had a lot of, um, I mean, deaths that were going on in your life at that time as well, right? Yeah. I, how could I gloss over that? Right. So the last half of 2018, I lost seven people very near and dear to me within a six month time frame. It was actually, it was actually closer to, to six within a four months. And then, um, and that last month or so month and a half, uh, was the final straw. And it was my best friend from high school, uh, one of my best friends from high school on December 31st. And uh, that just rocked me. Like, New it just Eve. rocked me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm new 30th, 30th. I apologize. The day before New Year's Eve. But um, uh, it when you lose that many people, I mean, it was literally where I, I was in California. Um, and when they were passing, I just literally <laughs> packed and uh, had clothes to go funeral hopping literally funeral hopping. And, uh, these were not like random people. Uh, these were like uncles and aunts and close friends. It was, uh, yeah. Sucky, sucky to say the least. So what did you notice about yourself going through that when you would have close people that would die, that would pass and you would start going through that process of grieving yourself? Yeah. So one thing I've learned about, Oh, and if I may add one small detail, uh, a good chunk of the family relatives that were passing all passed within like a week or two of a, my sister passed. So that time of year always kind of sucks for me. And it happens to be the exact same time of my birthday. So I'm a very, like a very um, mixed thought of my birthday because every time I celebrate my birth, I'm also celebrating so many people I love's deaths. And uh, so uh, how did I handle it? I think I hate to say it, task at hand was the way I kind of view life, which is uh, I have a tendency to suppress my emotions and I just take care of task at hand and make, you know, if you got to like go run that mile or whatever, go run that mile type of thing, right? Um, it wasn't till months, months later and probably years later that I think started, I processed each one individually, if that makes sense. How did you um, go about that? <sighs> I don't want to call it meditation. I would probably call it stillness. Um, there, I, I started on my entrepreneurial journey, really understanding that entrepreneurship is not for the faint hearted. You really have to know who you are. You have to find your center, your true center. I'm not trying to get religious or hippy dippy, but you really got to know who you are because this is a solo journey for a lot. And if you don't know where your center is, I could, you could fall in depression or like you can fall to a lot of different emotions that will happen. Um, so I, I kind of fall, fall fell in to um, a meditation of sorts. So I just, I just would close my eyes and just focus on nothing just to calm my mind down. Mm -hmm. And it's helped me immensely. And of well, course, friends, I have friends. I have lots of good friends that I talk to. Sure. No, no, you're definitely a connector for sure. I mean, when, <laughs> when you talk about like finding your center, can you just elaborate a little bit more on that? Cause I understand the whole entrepreneur journey, the, the loneliness, um, you know, and I always think about the, uh, the, um, with the African proverb, right. If you, if you want to go fast, you, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together, but yes. talk about what it, what was that center that you kind of found about yourself? Yeah. So it's interesting. And maybe it's like that. Um, I, I'm a bit of a, 
though I'm excitable and I'm passionate, I'm a bit of a pragmatist. Okay. And I discovered this fairly recent within the last, you know, three, four years. Right. Uh, it's when, when you are facing something incredibly emotional, I think you do have to take care of task at hand. Right. So, um, you know, I'm at that age where family members are going to start passing away uh, naturally. And, uh, to me, it's almost like repositioning, reperspective of everything. Like you got to change up your perspective on everything. So um, the way I was able to overcome a lot of these things is to just slow down. Like I said, when I found my center and you just stop for a moment, breathe, smell some roses, whatever it might be, to help you then get into a position where now you can evaluate everything around you and say, okay, I'm looking at from position A. Well, how about if I look at it from position B or C or D or something like that? And it kind of brings it into context of emotion and your mind to kind of come together to say, you hurt, you're, you're hurting, right? And feel that hurt, own that hurt, recognize that hurt is happening, but also understand it is a temporary feeling because there's so much more love around it, right? Because when you think of someone that you love, there's more love out of that emotion because of your memories than that pain of that moment of them being gone. And it, it was weird. Dr. Rob, let me tell you, my friend, it was weird because now it's like, I stopped viewing that six months of, oops, I keep hitting my mic. I stopped thinking of that six months of, 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 of just people dying around me. It was more of the, oh, you know what? I've lived a wonderful life with them. I've had so many laughter moments with them, some not so laughtery moments with them, right? But I can cherish those memories and they'll always be with me. That moment in pain, I understand it's there. And of course you're going to feel pain. I mean, come on people. Um, but I know it's not forever. So if you want to know how I worked through it, uh, ultimately it was put things in perspective, change your perspective. And it helps, at least for me, change my narrative of, of, that situation. Hey, good looking. If you like this podcast and are already a badass, but it's all way too complicated, then visit our website, drrobbell.com, and schedule a call with us to help capture your very own hinge moment. I mean, was, was time a concept of it then that knowing that it was temporary? Um, yeah, I would probably say yes. Uh, time, you do need time to process your emotions. Don't deny it. So initially when I said, yeah, I had a, uh, I had that ability at that time to suppress it because I had to take care of business. I mean, literally one of the deaths were literally four days apart. Right. right? And, um, uh, and that was a tough one. Um, so you just had to, you just have to focus on what needs to be done. And because I wasn't the primary person to have lost those individuals, I was a secondary. So I wasn't the spouse. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, you know, I wasn't the daughter. Um, I was, you know, the niece and I was a really good friend. Right. So I had to understand too. Yes. I'm in my emotions, but also, look around you in the community. The ones that actually need are the ones that, you know, 
probably are the ones that are the, the primary people that are going through that moment in time with that individual and just be that light and be that source of, uh, you know, power for them to, to endure whatever it is that they have to go through for their grieving process. Uh, I find that personally very empowering and I'm eternally grateful to myself that I have that ability to do that for others. That's fantastic. But that, that led you then into wanting to share people's story. Yeah. Yeah. Because think about it. We are in a technological age where we have the ability to record ourselves. But what are you and I doing right now? Right? So why wouldn't we take advantage of that opportunity for people to record themselves? It may not necessarily be for social media purposes. It could actually be for internal purposes. Um, so I actually embarked on a little project to help do a family, uh, you know, audio video uh, diary, if you will, uh, talking about their family trees and what they remember. What a great primary source for the next generations to be like, oh, does anybody know anything about, you know, Uncle Billy? You know, maybe that's a way to capture it. And so, yeah, that to me, it's just so inspiring. Yes, I do it, uh, you know, for business where, you know, I help businesses create a personality of their own that's not so cut and dry and not so bland. Um, but yeah, in a way, it's kind of helping businesses build their own personal legacy, if you will. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Am I making sense for you? You know, as a podcast host, I don't answer any questions. Oh, stop it, you. I so know I you do. I just ask the questions. No, but <laughs> the, the, the difficult part with the podcast host and not knowing like about the deaths and how you process it is, how do I process the information and then follow up with a, a better question instead of saying, yeah. But I mean, think sense. of it this way. How would you, how do you, and have you experienced this yet uh, of passings and all that? Yes. And how did you deal with it? Uh, well, I'm, I'm really like you as well. I mean, I compartmentalize. I mean, there's always a job to be done. Yeah. And uh, it, it's probably the, I mean, I just don't deal with that well. Um, I'm, I deal with production well. I deal with getting things done. Yeah. Um, but I don't deal with grieving and loss very well. It, it'll hit me at bad times. So I have to set aside times where I realize, um, you know, what, what is it that's bothering me? Cause it'll come out in weird ways. You know, I'll just get frustrated at something. It's like, no, it's not the bag that's not opening. That's really bothering me. It's something else. And then it's yes. going to go inward and figure that out. Um, and that's just, I always just try to set aside time. That's why I run all the time. I, was, I like to, I like to think about that. I was just going to say, you strike me as someone that's like a runner, not just because it's healthy and good for you, but to think like you're a yeah. thinking runner. Oh yeah. I run every morning. I mean, I never listen to anything and, and that's why I don't even like record stuff a lot when I'm on my runs. Cause I just don't want to be distracted by it. I just want to breathe and be still and get after it and then feel really great after I'm done. Yeah. It makes absolute sense. Yeah. But let's, this isn't about me now. <laughs> well, it's about us. That's right. It is about us. Yeah. No, but I, I appreciate you do sharing that story. I mean, you, you've talked about, well, I think like, how does your humor come out in, cause you, I mean, you talk about like the power of humor, like on LinkedIn all the and time. That's really important. How does that come out in, you know, in, in your content development? 
Well, I mean, think about it. Okay, humor is subjective, first off. Let's just clarify, because my sense of humor may not necessarily appeal to everybody. I think Um, it's the best. (laughs) Because you guys, you're a sixth sense of humor, sir. I'm kidding, no. Um, I find humor in everything. And uh, again, I think it's my perspective on life. It is like the, um, you know, Monty Python, you know, Life of Brian. I, I actually sing that song in my head almost every day. Look on, there's always look on the bright side of life, right? Yeah. And um, that is so, I think I think that would be something on my epitaph, right? Because, you know, we know life happens. Um, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, making lemonades. Um, I know you don't sippy sip, but I, hey, if you add a little spicy spice to that lemonade, sometimes it's even fun too. But uh, it's, it's the joy of, overcoming pain, I guess, or the experience of a challenge that exhilarating to me that I find that exhilarating. Um, So humor. I mean, do you remember those like meme videos? Like I'm sure someone, someone inevitably is going to post it on LinkedIn for the thousandth time and get billion views for it, but it's good. And I'm glad for it, which is there's a, uh, someone was on a subway, I think, or a Metro, I think it was out of Europe. And one person just starts laughing randomly. And before you know it, the entire cabin is laughing together simultaneously. That's how I feel we can be on LinkedIn. It's not all the time. Let's clarify. But sometimes in that moment, you have that one shared moment with a broad group of people. And that's what you guys can hang your hat on that you've connected with. Right. Well, I mean, what did the Romans ever do for us? Well, roads, aqueducts, um, I'm kidding. Yeah, what but other the than the roads and the aqueducts, what did the Romans ever do? Oh, you mean the uh, the laughing faces? Isn't that the Greek, though? Yeah. Are you talking about the masks? That's my favorite part of that movie. That was Life of Brian, right? Oh, shoot. That's right. Yes, you are. Oh, my God. You had me totally in serious LinkedIn mode. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I do. I kind of shift. <laughs> no, no, we're at, really no, it's quickly. fine. No, it's, uh, no, that's right. When God, I love those guys. Um, if with your, you know, content production, you know, your digital content, um, you know, the creation piece, like you spoke about like strategic content versus like ad hoc content. Can you talk about that a little bit further and the importance of it? Man, I love that you do research like this. You're so, I know this is why I like you, but I also fear you at the same time. Um, so yes. So why? Cause you don't know what's coming next. Because it's like you actually do research. It's like, oh, shoot, people are holding me accountable to my words. Oh, please. Um, So, yes, there is what I call ad hoc, which is what you typically people assume is short form video content where suddenly you just slap up your phone and like, oh, selfie time. Let's go. Right. Um, And I call that like the the short form, short attention span type of content. Mm -hmm. And there is merits to that. All right. But if you're a business or if you're building your own personal brand, there has to be a theme with that, right? You can't just randomly squirrel your content at people because it confuses them on who you are, what you are, what you represent, and what the hell you do, right? But if you sprinkle it strategically, it makes sense. So that's what I was saying. Yes, I do promote humor in content, but is it every single post? Maybe not appropriate if your branding is like 
you're a lawyer that talks about, you know, geriatric care, you know, may not be appropriate every time, right? But you got to kind of look at that again from a higher perspective. What's your overall marketing? What's your overall marketing messages and strategy around that? And then you can create content that will be a great tool as a medium to help execute that vision. Does that, is that, does that make sense? Yes, yes. Where, where do you see that most people mess up? I don't know if it's a mess up situation. I don't think it's a mess up situation. I do think people put out some really good stuff up and out there. I think the challenge is, is finding the right audience at the right time, right? And I do think there are those that are not as social media savvy. Maybe they themselves are not social media users. Now then get that stressor of, well, crap, I have a business or I have my own, you know, coaching business or consulting business or whatever, or in between that struggle with, okay, I don't believe in social media, but I have to do it for my business. How do you rectify the two, right? And I think that's where you have to do some soul searching, right? Find your center. That authentic voice that you can get and derive from knowing who you are really feeds into that ability to create content that makes sense. If you know who your audience is and who you are, the odds are high you'll make an emotional connection, not just simply, um, you know, put stuff up there and see what sticks. So I do encourage people to really understand who they are so they understand who their audience target is and make that match happen. Okay. Easier said than done. I know. I know. Why why is it on LinkedIn sometimes where I'm friends with somebody and I can't even tag them? I mean, why why does that even happen? Oh, they probably blocked you. Just kidding. No, they didn't block me. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, They even even messaged me. I'm like trying to reply and just use their name and it won't even, won't even come up. Okay. That depends. If you're, are you on your phone or are you on your laptop or machine PC? Whatever oh, I don't know. So I do notice at times on the mobile, um, especially mm. if you're in a live stream situation, adding them, adding them, like that tagging them uh, will not tag. Uh, but if you're on your desktop, it will tag. So it just depends on the medium as well. Um, the mobile experience is different, very different than the desktop experience for, for many. Um, and if you are in a live stream situation, for sure, I know that works, but sometimes it's just bandwidth. Sometimes uh, your bandwidth might be too slow. So there might be a disconnect that even though you're trying to tag no. someone, once you hit that amper, that at signed, and then you put their name and like the first name and it will not, you know. There's no way it's up. that. Cause I mean, I would, I would try for like 15 minutes um, to get this person. I, are you, hmm. That's a good question. Um, so what I would do is, okay, what I often do is I will say the name. Okay, so Dr. Rob Bell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say there's another Rob Bell that pops up for whatever reason. Um, I would add, Bell. I would actually add like their job, their position, their location after to kind of pull it. Sometimes it'll pull up after that. For whatever reason, LinkedIn algorithm on finding their queries, sometimes they're really funky with names. Like, yeah. And you are you sure you're one your first connected as well? You're not second or third? Because that always messes up. Okay. Positive. I'm this curious. Somebody, like send this it is over. somebody that's even mentioned me. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna screen record it one time. Cause I even asked that question. Like, 
no one no one ever replied to me i don't think the algorithm picked that one up the only other way i would think that that would happen and again i'm not that much of a link i mean i know linkedin well enough it could be they might have something in their settings that they will not be tagged like they don't want to get tagged it's not that either i know it's you not that sure they, yes because okay. they've been tagged they've been tagged by other people just to and they like would comment on my stuff and you still can't even when you hit reply it like doesn't pop up like yeah that's what i mean and not all the time but i'm saying like one out of every nine occurrences this happens okay all right so about 10 percent of the time yeah I, i'm gonna say that's a linkedin problem and not you you're the best dr rob so glad it's not, it's not you me. never you you talk about never. love you like a love song what is what does that mean <laughs> selena gomez quote um and i don't even listen to her music oh, uh, so yeah so it's um, i love you like a love song baby um so my sister has like five thousand kids she has six um but she had five uh with her current husband and um I, is that bad i said current husband with her husband uh, anyway <laughs> sorry brother-in-law love you scott uh anyway so my sister loves like she's like me, so we always have music in our head. And so if there's like a like a moment or someone says a word, it triggers song lyrics. So um, oh, yeah. she Thank she you. sings that song to the kids all the time, and so it kind of got in my head. And then when I hear someone say, "Oh, I love you, man," like then I'll just reply back, you know, "Love you like a love song." Like it's just, I think it's an ADHD thing. So if anyone knows that, just validate that, please. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> you know, for your journey, then what's the hardest part of entrepreneurship? Oh my God. Asking for help for me. Uh, I don't ask for help. I've always never, always never. Isn't that horrible? I have always been challenged with accepting and asking for help. Uh, I think that's my upbringing. I was so independent growing up. My dad really taught us to be self-sufficient. And I mentioned it before. You know, this is, can be a lonely journey. It can be very frightening to not know what you don't know. And then when you walk in and you hit a wall because you didn't know to say, oh, crap on crackers. I done, I done made a mistake, peoples. I need some help. Um, finding people, like I said, a community that you can bounce ideas off of. Finding mentors. Um, board of directors. I love that. I love that finding a board of directors for you um, that have different skill sets that you can go to for different situations is amazing. And that board of directors could be any age group, any experience, any industry. There's just people that you can trust to bounce ideas off of. I am in pursuit of that as we speak. So Sia, so give me an example, like what becomes a difficult part for you to ask for help? Oh, when I may, when you fall, right? When you fail at something, when you done messed up AA Ron, right? Like when you just royally screw up and you're like, oh, I, I, I I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, when you're going to that principal's office and you don't know why and how you got yourself there, but you did mess up somehow, um, it's that, it's, it's a lot of it is on your own fault, right? In some ways, maybe it was a poor decision. It was uh, something where maybe you didn't think it all the way through. I 
tend to lean spontaneous on my gut intuition a lot. And sometimes you got to like slow your roll if you're doing things like that. So, you know, you just got to make educated, uh, risky decisions, if you if you want to call it that, um, or at least understand the consequences. So if you do make a decision and you done messed up really bad, you, you got to accept that you made those decisions and put yourself in that position. Um, that's tough, dude. And uh, you got to ask you got to you got to hold yourself accountable and and say uh okay so i screwed up and i need your help right okay yeah, especially for those that say especially for those those that say i told you so mm, the gotcha people i hate those i hate that yeah well no one wants to be an asshole though either right so if you've messed up and you do reach out to someone don't be an asshole that you're going and, you, and i'm sure you're going to ask me what an asshole is but don't be that kind of person where I want help. I need help. I want to bounce ideas off you. Um, I'd like to learn more about you. And then when they give you advice and you don't follow through, and then you come back to them again with the same exact problem, that's an asshole. Because right. at that point, all you're asking is just to be listened to. You don't want to listen to a resolution. Mm -hmm. So don't be an asshole, people. Um. Like when it comes to your journey then as well, can you talk about time? And I know I mentioned it before, but like what's the, what's the overall concept of time and, and how that plays in your life? Ooh, time is uh, a valuable, so critically valuable. Um, um, it's not a commodity. What do you call it? It is a, it is precious, right? It is beyond gold. It's beyond any, anything tangible in life, time is all you have. And I admit there are times when I'm just like, oh my gosh, is it like, you know, five o'clock yet type thing. I will say I did think like that back in my corporate years. And that was especially when I was in that last few years where I was losing passion, frustrated that I had zero control over things. Now, now that I'm on, a, you know, on my own journey, Time is everything and I value it. So for me, time with my family, again, losing so many people, I do value my conversations with my family. Though they upset me to no end, I still love them. I still want to spend time with them. Um, and that's, you know, you giving the gift of time to someone to, to me is a very precious thing. So like you wanting to chat with me today, I am so eternally grateful because this is your time that you value, that you have deemed worthy enough that I can be shared in that moment with you. So time to me is everything. So when people don't appreciate my time that I give to them, I am a little bit more, um, I don't want to say severe, but I'm a little bit more critically thinking of future relationships or at least how deep that relationship will go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that. Yeah. And what about Let me patience? Guess. I mean, you're you're obviously very patient. <laughs> I mean, how did you get to be so patient? No, I'm not. <laughs> you know I'm not. <laughs> um, I guess in a way I can be patient. Uh I'm patient where I think if I feel like I have nothing in common with someone, I will take the time to find some level of common ground. I personally believe that this world could be a better place if we didn't point fingers at each other so much and more embraced what we have in common with one another so we can be effective 
to make, you know, whatever was a mountain, a molehill, mm -hmm. right? That we can move forward together in a way that's constructive, that we can collaborate in a way that you're not my competitor. There's enough business to be had. How do we do this in a way where everyone is successful? Right. So I have so patience. Where, where, I mean, where do you struggle with patience? I want things done now. <laughs> so uh, I, if I'm in a situation where we're in a project or we're collaborating again as a team and whatnot, I do have a tendency to think, wait, my project isn't top priority for everybody. Wait, what's going on here? Right. So sometimes I have to slow myself down and say, Hey, Hey, sunshine, the world doesn't evolve around you. You need to give grace that if someone else has decided that this other thing is higher priority, then you need to respect it, find out why it's their higher priority. And then maybe it will calm you down to understand, Oh, wait, my ask isn't as important as I thought it was. So yeah, I have a tendency of, hey, let's get this done. Um, I would like this to be the deadline. And sometimes people do give me great feedback. It's about communication to say, no, that's not feasible. Or are you mm -hmm. fracking crazy, lady, is what I normally hear. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people, I tell people, you you are first in line, right behind everybody else. <laughs> I do like to be front. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're first, you know, just right behind everybody else. <laughs> yes are you like that are you well you're a patient person you're, you've got that zen about you i am patient towards the big stuff i am impatient towards the little things and that's what bothers me Ooh. but like towards like that i know that everything's going to work out not a problem i mean I, I really don't have issues with assurance for a better future or acceptance of situations but what I struggle with is um, you know, why isn't this working? You know, I will get scrambled very quickly. You, you strike me as be, being very logical, and I could see where that would irk you. I could feel that. Um, that's so interesting. Such a different perspective to it, though. Again, that's what I love is just to sit back and go, okay, let's think about it from that perspective. Um, because you may never think about it if you don't talk to each other about it, right? Right. And that's what I said. I said the process takes perspective and the product takes patience. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, look at you, so philosophical. Wow, there's a lot of good one-liners in this one, let me tell you. Oh, uh, so uh, how long did it take you to write this one? This was 16 months, see ya. It's horrible. It's awful. <laughs> you believe that? It's an eighth book. You'd think I would get better at this process. That's why I laugh at people that promote, Hey, write your books in under, you know, 30 days or 10 days. I'm like, come on. No, that's see, that's see. Okay. I, I know the book writing business, uh, it's an eye opener for me. I've just recently learned about it. And I think again, it's a personal, it's a personal thing, right? If you want to be right. self-published, if you want to go through, you know, whatever, if you want to do a collaboration for a book and all that sure. stuff, um, I guess it's a, I guess, you know what I wonder about, and can you enlighten me? Isn't it almost like a very personal, like a diary type thing, these books? I mean, it's got to be blood, sweat, and tears for authors. Um, can you tell me why you wouldn't want to spend 16 months on, like you said, it was like hard on you to do it, but why? 
16 months then? Or like, why didn't you go the shorter route? Want to listen to your favorite music, but you're sick of all the commercial interruptions and negative news today? Tune in to KukoRadio.com. Music for your mindset. We're a commercial-free online radio station. Play nothing but hits. Our free iOS and Android apps are available for download at KukoRadio.com. Um, because, well, I mean, a couple of the issues. One, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to write the best book possible, right? So, I mean, if it comes to songs, like I want it to be a song that's played and that people remember. That's the way I think of it. I mean, um, so that's and when it comes to like the legacy, you know what I mean? It's uh, I want that to be the best book possible. I want somebody to read the book and I want people to mention that like in oh, you have to read this book. Like mm. that's that's what I want. That's the overall goal. And I think the only way to do that is to write something that was impactful that has to do with mental toughness from a whole different perspective. And that is the recovery piece like you. you I don't think we overtrain. Like I really don't think we work too hard. I think we under recover. Like I think it's the urgency that we have is needed, but I think we under recover. And I look at patience as the recovery of the mind. Oh, look at you. Okay. I'm yeah. so excited to read your new book. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. You don't understand. Like I really enjoyed, Hey, by the way, it's not just for looks. I actually did enjoy reading this. When you first sent it, I was like, I giggled because, you know, puke and rally for me was yeah, some, meant something completely different. But um, it, it, you don't have to be a, in, in sports. You know, you don't have to be an athlete to really enjoy this book. And that's why I was kind of like, oh, okay, I want to get to know you. I want to keep getting to know, to, to know you um, because I can feel like your wheels are constantly turning. So um, it's people like you that keep me inspired, by the way. Um, to make sure and cross promote and say, look, this guy knows his, you know what, you know, um, you have a lot to say. You're not just a, a good looking kid in a, you know, a running clothes or, you know, oh, you think I'm good looking. Oh, stop it. You. The, uh, oh my goodness. Don't I get me in trouble. <laughs> You're a handsome young man. Okay. I know I am young. I like that. But I mean, I'll tell you what, like the older we get, like, you know, Bruce Springsteen's like glory days, like totally different meaning now. Summer 69. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, oh yeah. Oh. Okay. That does make sense. Oh gosh. Just don't, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, I made a reference to a mama cast. In fact, there's going to be a, uh, a post, uh, someone's going to make, uh, I made a typo. I'll just say it right now. So there's going to be a show I produce. It's called hounds of business happy hour on Wednesdays. And, um, I had to make the, uh, promo card for it. And uh, the gentleman's last name is Carr, C-A-R-R. But I don't know what the hell was going on in my brain. And I wrote out C-A-S-S. And what oh, happened yes. was I was laughing to myself because I actually had a Mama Cass song in my head, which was Make Your Own Kind of Music. And I was literally playing it. <laughs> so I, I typoed a poor nice person's name um and so now it's in posterity's sake as cast we're gonna fix it, it in post-production but yeah there you go no it's good stories let me go what what question and this is my last one but what question should i be asking sia that that i haven't asked oh man alive you know what why do you do things you know why do people do things what they do and why do they do what we want to do 
I think that why question, um, if I can just impart everybody, I know the idea of content creation sounds shallow as all get out. However, it doesn't have to be shallow. It doesn't have to be meaningless. And so when I talk to my clients about either whether they want to put themselves up and out there or how they want their brand to be, you know, portrayed or represented, I always ask everyone, why are you doing something? I know it's a Simon Sinek type thing and whatnot, but it's so true and helpful because when you ask why, keep asking why. It's an it's like an improv thing, right? Why? Why? You know, the quote of and, 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 right? But if you truly do this exercise in a meaningful way, intentionally, when you keep asking why you do things, it gets to the point, and I jokingly say this to clients, ask yourself why until you start crying. Because that's your ultimate fuel mm-hmm. for why you do anything. Because when you connect a task with an emotion, you're more inclined to do it. You're more inclined to follow through on it because that that emotional source is ultimately that fuel that gets you up in the morning, gets you up. I think what Dr. Rob, you say you get up at like four in the morning or some crazy hour or whatever. That's not too crazy. It's about 440, 445. Okay. Yeah. I, that's about when I go to fall asleep. Right. So, <laughs> but no, I mean, but truthfully, it's like, you know, why do you do anything in life, right? Because you get some kind of gratification on it. But if you attach it to something that's meaningfully gratifying, then it's more purposeful. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're going to create content that's going to be lasting, meaningful. Sure, people do podcasts. They pod fade, get tired, they get frustrated. They're like, oh, I'm talking to five people. That's not your purpose of doing things. Your purpose should be doing it because you want to do it for X purpose. And for those that ask, trust me, all this digital content that we're creating, it goes around and comes around when the right people have that need at the right time, they will find you. I cannot tell you how many times so many clients have come to me and said, dude, do you remember that show we did a year ago or that post I did a year ago? Yeah. Someone found them or even funnier. Don't be caught up on the vanity metrics, right? Because if you know why you're doing something, those metrics go away. I assure you there's far more lurkers out there just watching you from afar than Mm -hmm. anyone that's posting and commenting and liking and all that stuff. Just remember that there's far more lurkers and they will remember you when they need you. Mm. Boy, that's a mic drop moment, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much again for taking your time and for your patience. Thank you for for your time and patience. We're going to post all the links there. Um, but uh, yeah, see ya. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Dr. Rob Bell, it's such a pleasure. I'm so happy. We actually met virtually. Maybe someday yeah. we'll meet in person, my friend, because I do value you. So thank you. Thank you so much for trusting me. See ya. to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. To find out more about Dr. Rob, visit his website at drrobbell.com or follow him on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform to get the next episode of Mental Toughness as soon as it's available. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.